That's Danos. Tax Act can think of a million things more fun than filing taxes. Tax Act is going to name some now. Sitting in traffic, folding a fitted bedsheet, listening to your coworker talk about his fantasy team, digging a hole, digging an even larger hole next to that original hole. Unfortunately, Tax Act's filing software can't make taxes fun, but Tax Act can help you get them done. Tax Act, let's get them over with. Isn't that aroma just heavenly? What's with the whispering? Inside this grill is the secret to winning game days. Mmm. Eckridge smoked sausage, crafted with a perfect medley of spices for a truly rich, savory taste. So easy to prepare too. Now hand me one of those buns. Whoa, whoa! Keep your voice down. Marty, you're still whispering. Secrets out, buddy. Eckridge.com has dozens of simple, mouth-watering recipes for everyone to win game days this season. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Whoa, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Check it out, Joe. Welcome to our number three of the Sports Hangover. Yesterday, LSU gets the win. National semifinal games, Michigan and Washington advance to the national championship game on Monday, Sunday. The Saints took care of business as they got a win in Tampa. See, here's the elaborate pressure. You don't know who's going to bail. You don't know who's going to rush. Carr throwing end zone. It's Carr for the touchdown. Jawan Johnson scores. Midfield on the run. Now lofting deep. But Taylor is there. And he makes the interception. Alante Taylor had terrific coverage on Trey Palmer. He read it all the way. And he's got the pick. Carr back. Lofting one. He's got a man. Johnson wide open. Tumbling and he held on. Oh, back in the game with a big play. Try to run it again. The run game has just gotten absolutely nowhere. Colin Saunders there on that tackle. You hear the screams too after that tackle. He's redirecting his offensive line to pick it up. Carr floats one looking for Taysom Hill. And he comes back and gets it. He's got it. Hill. Touchdown, Saints. Four-man rush. Mayfield looks, can't find anyone, and now gets smoked for the sack. This New Orleans defense came to play. Blitz is coming. Give it to White. That's a great move. First down, White. Ankle looks just fine to me. Gets a block. Now he fumbled the football. It's recovered by Demario Davis. And the Saints have it, and Davis is still on his feet. What a turn of events after a big-time run by White. Davis recovers a fumble, and New Orleans takes over. Wow. Long way to go there. Mayfield gets crushed, and the Saints get home with a sack. It's the rookie, Brian Brzee. Mayfield, stunt coming, sees it, throws, and it's intercepted. Jonathan Abram has it. He had the forced fumble before. He's got the interception now. Mayfield. Stands in, delivers, and that is going to be intercepted by Adebo, and that's going to essentially do it. 
And the 10-point lead with 137 left. You have to think that'll be all she wrote. There it is. And indeed, that is all she wrote. So love to hear from you, Saints fans. What do you make of the 23-13 win? Lots of reports from Nick Underhill, New Orleans, that football saying Dennis Allen's coming back as the coach. He and Rappaport on Sunday saying it's going to likely happen. It might be some different changes and things of that nature. So did that win tell you anything? Or as the previous caller, Shane, said, eh, it is what it is. But I love my Saints. So, Jeff, thank you for holding on, sir. Let's open up hour number three with your phone call. What you got? Happy New Year, Gus. Happy New Year to you, sir. What a way to start your show this morning. Hello, 2024. How about that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh... Anyway, I'll, I'll sum this up really quickly. Too mm-hmm. little, too late with the Saints. I mean, if you don't, if the defense doesn't blow a 17-point lead against Green Bay or a Foster Moreau catches that one catch against Jacksonville, we're talking about who we're going to play next, not if we make the playoffs. I just mm-hmm. think it's too little, too late. And you... You summed it up exactly right. I could totally see the Saints losing Atlanta and then Carolina winning. That would totally be something that the, would happen to the Saints. So, um, you know, I expect lot, all of that and then some. A lot of ifs, huh? What do you think about this team? <laughs> and I think I think that's the biggest thing for me is, um, look, I, I already think it's somewhat of a failure, you know, that you're in this situation where not only can you not control yourself or, or what you, you're going to do, but – you know, it's one thing, and I, I, I kind of use the analogy, and I reference it when I talk about the Pelicans a lot, too, where we've seen the differences in the last two, three seasons, right? Where it was so dependent on Zion, and you were like, what is the plan? Can you even build around all these different things? Can you do that? Can you find a way to win a game? Can you withstand injuries? Can you do that? I think this team can do that. And now, can you be a contender? You're a competitor. They can win every single game. The problem is fundamentally, you heard it from Sean today. You heard it from Nick Underhill, and he posted it on his latest podcast. He literally opens with, I don't know what I'm going to see with this team. I legitimately don't know if this team's going to play good enough football to make you want to grab a paper bag, good enough football to make you want to go, who that? Grab a, you know, um, watch the game and, and say, they're cont- I don't know what to expect because it starts from the foundational aspect of it. They didn't call plays most of the season. That help your quarterback, help your running back. You know, personnel decisions are questionable. I just, it goes on and on and on that that's what the frustrating aspect of it because again, we're all not nuts when we're at OTAs and mini camp and practices and training camp. We see talent like these guys are capable of making plays along with some of the teams in the NFL. Are, are they as fast? Are they as strong? Are they as good in certain spots? No, but they're, they're capable of winning this division. And that, that's my thing is, that's fine. They can celebrate, pat themselves on the back and be, oh, shucks, we almost got it if they don't. But you shouldn't be there, is my thing. And, and this, this, this organization should treat this offseason Monday, regardless of what happens. If they get in, they got in by the hair of the chinny chin chin. Not good enough. Like, where is your bar? You know, it shouldn't be that low where you're like, hey, well, we're fighting, still alive. You shouldn't be, you know, barely hanging on by the hair of your chinny chin chin this season in this division with that team. That's my aspect of it. But makes for a fun. I mean, week. it's been it's been it's been three seasons of the same story: nine and eight, eight and nine, whatever. Oh, we're almost there. We're almost there. Then we got to rely on other teams to do things. I mean, I'm 
I'm tired of it, man. Like, you know, I, I've seen enough of Dennis Allen and Derek Carr personally, and I've said that before when I called your show. But uh, yeah. what I really want to call your show about today is a little bit of news that I think kind of went unnoticed here locally. Okay. And maybe people don't care in the first place. I don't know. Um, you know, the XFL and the USL have merged, and yep. I kind of got excited. And then I see that the New Orleans Breakers, Breakers are yeah. no more. Um, you know, did the Rock forget to smell what New Orleans is cooking? What, what happened there? <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, it is disappointing. Uh, look, I, I, I've said this before too. Uh, the, the other thing that I'm interested is, I guess the best way I can look at it is I want to see how moving forward, I would love to see the NFL merge with the, you know, these entities and, and split it, you know, as I said before, 16 to the XFL, 16 to the, you know, USFL and have it be a developmental league and all that, man, because, uh, I think, Penning is a great example. How is Trevor Penning ever, ever going to, you know, develop and get, you know, reps or whatever? I mean, when, when is that ever going to take place? You know, if he can't get in when players are hurt, um, from that aspect, you're hoping that OT I mean, minicamp. He's good at fighting. <laughs> but, but that's what I'm getting at. It's like, you know, same thing, like whether it's Jake Hayner or any quarterback or, you know, receivers or stuff. So I'd love to see them somehow come up with some sort of developmental thing, but, I, I said it a couple of times. I, when you don't play in your city, I, it's hard, you know. I mean, how many people followed it, you know, or are going to miss it if the, the breakers are no longer a part of it? So it stinks. Well, they know? were supposed to, where they were supposed to play in New Orleans this year, weren't they? I mean, before they announced that, you know, they're gone. Yeah. Yeah. So see what I mean? Yeah, well, you know, it was disappointing for me because you know I was kind of I was kind of personally excited. Like just when the XFL and USFL get me interested in the darn thing, then they go and take the breakers away, and I'm like, oh well, you know, wake me up when something cool happens. Yeah, no, I hear you. Believe me, I understand for sure, man. <laughs> All right, well, uh, I guess I don't have anything else to say about that other than uh, you know I'm glad the SEC got beat last night because. Uh, if there was ever an SEC team that should have been in the playoffs in the first place, it should have been Georgia, not Alabama. I mean, no matter no matter which way the song the committee tries to sell me on, if it was the if it was the best four teams in the country, Georgia should have been there. It was the best, uh, the most deserving four teams. Florida State should have been there. So yeah. either way you slice it, I think I think uh, Alabama should have never been there in the first place. So I took you know a lot of joy in uh, them them going home with a, with sad faces last night. Yeah, no doubt, man. I, I, I can't disagree with you on that. I, and I think what's crazy is you saw both teams that I thought probably had the majority of the fans, huh? Looked like Bama kind of filled most of that Rose Bowl. Texas kind of filled a, a lot of that as well. But, you know, I, I thought the games were really good. Like, I, I didn't realize it was like 12-something, you know, watching it. I, I thought it was really good. Well, you know, you got <laughs> – I'm going to say both SEC teams went home because, you know, Texas is joining the SEC next year, and then you're going to have a – you know, two Big Tens because uh, Washington is joining the Big Ten. So, yeah. you know, it's, uh, and Texas it, it, the you know, it's kind of tantalizing going forward, I guess. Sure. You know, yeah, exactly. No, I know it's going to be interesting to see uh, moving forward, man. But anyway, thanks for the phone call, man. Appreciate the time. Be good. Yep. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, happy New Year to you. One of the things that uh, head coach Dennis Allen had to say about the win and what the win said was this. I think state of the team probably is, you know, that's a, uh, man, I'm sure everybody, I'm sure everybody has their own opinion about the state of the team, right? You know, so, um, 
But I've never questioned the mindset of our team. I've never questioned the toughness of our team. I've never questioned the competes of our team. Um, And so, uh, yeah, look, this game we play is hard. It's not easy, you know. And there are some times that you got to fight back after a tough loss. Um, But, you know, I told the team last night, you know, we got to handle hard well. And and I thought our guys did that today. Yeah, no doubt. And I think that's one of the things that we will see moving forward um if that's going to happen did you want to hear what they had in the locker room uh and again it was the one thing that just stands out to me and again you, you heard the, the stories and the reports hey uh da's coming back for a third season it just what it is you see it in the in the in the video that the team posted team owner gail benson right behind dennis allen all smiles while he was giving this speech this game's hard it's never freaking easy so the moment you're waiting around for the easy game, the easy practice, the easy whatever the case may be, like that doesn't come around, right? This game's freaking hard. But it's the teams that handle the hard the best are the teams that win the games. You guys handled it today. Okay, you guys handled it today. All right, Bink. Okay, there's a reason why we went freaking pads on Wednesday. You with me? Because this game, look, this game is played in pads, and this game is about dominating up front. I challenge the offensive line and the defensive line to dominate up front. Okay? I feel like we did that. You with me? Hey, and any great team I've ever been a part of, all right, it goes through the front. It goes through the O-line, and it goes through the D-line. When those teams... Handle their business. When those units handle their business, a lot of success comes that way. All right? That's a hell of a job. Yep. Hell of a job this week. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Great job, man. I need to tell y'all something. When you talk about consistency and commitment, dog, this game ball is somebody that was on the practice squad, but they come to practice every day. They watching film. If you look at the hours, they putting in the time. They showing up. They being a pro. And when they got their moment, they balled out. Jay Abrams, come back. Hey. Without you guys, man, listen, y'all have made this process so much easier and better, you know, because I'm not going to lie, this is hard. Like he said, this is hard, but we're going to handle this up. And I ain't going to lie, we ain't done. And they better not let us in. Because if we get in, we're going to show how football really is supposed to be played. Saints way. Mm. So come on, let, when we get in. Come on. Yeah. Mm. Hey, Saints on three, Saints on me. One, two, three, Saints. All right, so there you go. That was the post-game locker room speech again with Mrs. Benson right behind head coach Dennis Allen. Quick break. We come back. Marlon Favorite, Leo Haggerty will go to Tampa at the bottom of the hour. What what happened with the Bucks? They didn't look like the Bucks that a lot of people thought there was going to show up. So we'll figure all that out and more when we come back. It's the Sport Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. At Terrebonne General Multi-Specialty Clinic, we are dedicated to your well-being. Our expert team of healthcare professionals offers convenient, comprehensive medical care in one trusted location. Whether you're dealing with common illnesses like cold and flu, diabetes, breathing issues, or need help managing your health, our caring and knowledgeable staff are here to treat your symptoms. Call 985-873-4729 or visit tghealthsystem.com to schedule your same or next day appointment. 
If you're just tuning in, this is Fan 23, Fansville's number one sports radio station. Brought to you by Tasty Dr. Pepper. We are settling the great debate, best third quarter snack, hot dogs or nachos? You know my mantra, Doug. Uh, yes. Meaty early, early, cheesy late. late. Well, it looks like we have a caller here to weigh in. Is this Chuck? Popcorn in the third is the move. What? You go with passive snacking after halftime. No, it's nachos. Look, as long as there's an ice cold Dr. Pepper there to wash it down, I'm good with either. Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. In honor of all those we've lost to cancer and those still fighting and thriving, like basketball analyst and cancer champion Dick Vitale. I want to beat cancer. I'm going to beat it. That's no doubt in my mind. I'm going to win this battle. Defeating cancer will take all of us. Join our team to help fund game-changing research that saves lives. At the V Foundation, V is for victory over cancer. V is for victory over the odds. V is for victory over health disparities, victory over setbacks, victory over the unknown. V is for victory over giving up. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Join the V Foundation team and help save lives. Cancer can take away all my physical abilities. It cannot touch my mind. It cannot touch my heart. And it cannot touch my soul. Join our team in the fight against cancer at V.org. They say that once you give him control, he'll own your brain forever. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Hi, welcome back. Sports Hangover, Marlon Favorite, sir. As always, appreciate the conversations we have. As last night or yesterday during the day, we saw a fantastic, uh, I guess, effort by your Tigers there. I, I don't know. What, what did you What did you gain from watching LSU take on Wisconsin yesterday? Well, the first thing I noticed is that we still need to put some work in on defense. Um, it was a new year, but some of the same things we saw defensively um, out of out of LSU this year. And then, uh, secondly, I saw that Nuss Meyer is the real deal. I like how poised he was in the pocket. Um, even Jaden Daniels had the high five, um, and, I, and I enjoyed the mistake he made, the interception. You know, he throws the interception. Well, Brian time instead of continued the route. He kind of stopped, but he, he didn't knock him down. He got back at it. So I thought that that, that was pretty cool, too. Let, let's start with Nuss, because obviously that is a position where, come on, let's be honest, that the guy he's going to try to replace next year is the reigning Heisman, right? <laughs> he won the Heisman Trophy. So when you look at that, uh, I, I think I look at it as I, I saw as the game went on, a guy that, that figure was starting to figure it out. That's kind of what Brian Kelly said after the game, right? With him that you, those moments and those experiences, you, you can't teach at practice. You, the two minutes, you know, winning there late, make, getting that drive for that late touchdown, all of that, you have to see it. You have to go through it. And that's why this game was important for Nussmeyer. It was important for the fans as well to see this kid go through. I mean, it was a 75 Wisconsin team, but they came to play. I mean, this is a team that played Ohio State close, and at the end of the day, they, they just couldn't cut the muster in that conference. At, at, the, at, at, at the start of the game, you saw them short, short, medium passes, just trying to get them, get them to get the ball out. Great job by the offensive line as well. So, to me, he does get those offensive linemen back. Those guys come back. That's one thing. Two, there's going to be heavy competition. What you want that in a, what's about to be a extremely competitive SEC 
I mean, LSU is scheduled next year because brutal, right? So right. they have to be able to adapt and adjust. There's going to be competition between A.J. Swine from Vanderbilt, who almost beat Georgia this year. The Alabama won the game. Vanderbilt played pretty tight. And, you know, he's coming in this spring, and, and it's still enough my superstars. It, it, it's going to make it that much better for us as we make the decision in the spring. One of the other aspects of it, too, was the the play of the receivers there as well. Look, I, obviously, you know, Malik Neighbors got a, a ton of attention, played in the first half, trying to get that school record and things of that nature. But you saw some of the opportunity that it gave. But some of those other receivers there as well, Thomas, you know, Kyron Lacey, I think after the game uh, on social media, said, hey, we need, we need Thomas to come back next year, things of that nature. Um, th- that, was, that was big to kind of see those guys make plays. It was. If you look at guys like Hilton and, Lacey, although he had a drop, he, he made some big plays happen. We saw Mason Taylor get more involved in the passing game, too. I thought that that was huge. So it's a number of things we can look at with this LSU receiving core coming back. You have uh, uh, Shel- uh, Shelton uh, Stanson from, from Catholic High. He's on his sideline. We got some big-time receivers coming in. I think receivers, <laughs> believe it or not, the quarterback, our two positions, we're not going to have to worry about finding that talent uh, for LSU. So I'm excited about um, what's to come with this offense. I do still think with the decision makers that they have, that I know we still have to make a decision on the offensive coordinator. But if you could keep Shalom, if you could keep Cartag Hankton on that on that uh, on that staff, that's going to be huge for for uh, looking at next year. But you got to look at the LSU team. You look at areas of need. Got to pay attention to the defensive line. That's the one we're going to have to, you know, keep a close eye on. And I, I did like the performance from Ashton Stamp. You know, he had that. He had two plays. Well, one was big, the touchdown. Uh, but it was a learning experience for uh, him and uh, Soviano going into next season. So, uh, hey, it's going to be a fun signing day in the off season, I guess. Too. <laughs> um, one of the things too, uh, Marlon. I know that we spent a lot of time this past college football season discussing was the LSU defense. Your side of the football, I know it's got to be bitter for you, man. First off, I thought about you a lot in those semifinal games. There was some solid D-tackle and D-line play that made massive plays in those two semifinals games. Michigan wins the game, right, because of the left defensive end destroying the right tackle. Texas's big uh, defensive tackle got in on there as well, so I'm sure you enjoyed yesterday, but to, to the Tigers' play on defense, how did that kind of stand out to you with them finally being able to make a stop here or there and really help and be key in, in getting the win yesterday? I, I think it, it is not about how you start. It is about how you finish. And the LSU, particularly the defensive line, keyed off in the fourth quarter when it really mattered. I want to say they had four sacks on that last drive. You, you look at that, Gus, but then you also saw how it will. And this game kind of reminded a lot of the Missouri game this year, but they ran the ball how they wanted to. And, and that really bothered me um, in, in this game. It just had a starting running back, for one. And it, some of the same stuff was happening, you know, guys getting washed out of their gas, not being able to hold full point at the point of contact. But it is, as I mentioned about how you finished, they were able to dial it up at the end of the game to, to, to add stuff that you needed to. I do think, and I look back at games like Old Miss this year. I look at this, this game that we played against Wisconsin. I look at Missouri, but I just pay attention to the loss of Old Miss. And our defense 
played a little good, we beat Ole Miss. And that changes our playoff situation. You know, I think hey, some of our listeners may not agree with me, but after I saw last night, I think we beat Alabama. I mean, Michigan had it on the D-line, Alabama couldn't do nothing. Yeah. On the offensive line, they couldn't do nothing. The secondary was shutting it down. I mean, that Michigan is the best team in college football, period. I mean, the way they played yesterday, now, I did like what I saw out of Washington last night, but yes, Gus, I was watching the D-line. I'm like, man, why we can't call no plays like that? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would say, man, um, that's the thing that, that stands out is – you know, trying to, I guess, get into the final 12 now. I, and I think that's going to be so interesting here because a lot of the things that have happened in the last couple of months, you know, you heard Kirby Smart from Georgia say, hey, the transfer portal absolutely affected them. You could see who Florida State had and didn't have. Ohio State scored three points for crying out loud. They didn't have anybody. Literally, all their guys went to the transfer portal. Um, you, you see – Coaching and player changes to where Tulane plays a bowl game. That wasn't Tulane. You don't have your head coach because he got a new job. You don't have your quarterback. You know, it's just, it's going to be interesting next year to see how that changes and fluctuates some things as well. And there might still be some coaching moves. What if Harbaugh leaves? Um, you know, how much do you give credence to the fact that if he does leave and Michigan comes a calling for Brian Kelly, that he would go? Matt Muscona said he's, he's confident in saying, that he thinks he would leave, which is, which is big for him to say that. I, I do think it's a possibility. And only that I said that because we've seen this with Coach Saban. He, he said my parents living in the said he was going to be here to coach me, and he told the news that he was going to coach me, but he ended up going to Miami. So it's a business at the end of the day. Uh, I, did, I did hear Coach Keller when he said this is his last stop. But this is probably his last stop until something better comes. <laughs> Look at it. Uh, if that Michigan job and it will possibly pop open because it's all rooms, especially if uh, Michigan win the national championship that Harbaugh is going to say, oh, my time here is done. And make his way back to the NFL. But it, it is interesting to look at. And I think it does determine and have a lot to do with how things are going to work out with this team this year. I mean, if LSU is rolling. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking about just really getting it done. He may have a, a, a even more incentive to want to stay. Uh-huh. I think the way this recruitment process, I can't stress this enough, Gus. The way we utilize this transfer portal, which we see in that quarterback position, I mean, since we were able to start doing it, uh, you know, uh, back with Joe Burrow and, and, and of course with Jaden Daniels, if we can do that in positions like defensive line, uh, uh, edge rusher, you know, uh, you know, backside corner, I mean, excuse me, frontside cornerback. Right. You are safety. You, you, you do fine because now you still have young guys like this year. Perfect example. Uh, let's not, you know, let's, let's, think. let's take a kid like Action Stance out of uh, artificial rubble, uh, right here from Harvard. Right? You, you, you take, you take a kid like, like him, and you can show what he was able to do this year as a freshman with no experience. Now, have him come in and play nickel or rotate in on a, on a, like a game like Southern behind a Derek Sanger, who's about to go into the draft. Now, the wealth of knowledge that he's getting in that time frame, I've seen it a lot. I saw it with, uh, uh, with Shevin Jackson with Corey Westfield when he was a freshman coming in. I, I saw it. I mean, Patrick Peterson came in just as ready as to be, but, you know, Chad Jones from a secondary standpoint talking with him. 
and making him an even better player than he already was. So just, you know, these youngsters didn't get a chance to develop because we didn't do the job we needed to do with the secondary defensive line. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's just something I'm looking at. And hopefully, and I, I do feel confident uh, that, that we'll do what we have to do to get the right players in our portal and on signing day. I was going to uh, mention it, but, I mean, there's really no need to mention it. Just let me know the next time Brad Allen works anything. You know, my crawfish boil, cook-off competitions, my kids' bitty basketball games, something. Because, I mean, clearly the guy has a connection to Vegas. I can't believe you are going to sit there and act like you didn't get a game given to you, Marlon Favorite. Talk to me, guys. That's right. That's good. No, are we that's still good. talking about this referee thing? Are we still, are we, are we still talking about this? <laughs> well, I mean, it only was for the number one seat. I mean, that's all. That's, 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 that's all it is. Hey, that's look, all it is. I ain't alive. Look, initially, uh-huh. uh, like, you know, things happen at first. Initially, oh, I'm things like, happen, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 He, he didn't check in. I mean, he was supposed to check in. Yep. But then when you go back and watch the replays, and then oh, you get coaches yeah. like Coach Reckon getting on the television saying, hey, we sent a list of the guys who might be eligible <laughs> receivers before the game started, and you watch yeah. it. And kind of, eh. But what most coaches are saying, they shouldn't have came down in that. Man. But, hey, Philly, most time Philly back again. Mm. Yeah. Philly had it, man. They, just, they didn't win the game. It, it shouldn't even be about the Cowboys, the fact that Philly lost to the Arizona Cardinals, that's the conversation. But you know what's a good thing, though? Right. Here's a great thing, guys. Really? The Saints beat down. That was a good thing. Man. I enjoy watching the Saints play, bro. Brian Bruzy, I've been bragging on him. Hey, he had a big time set, Gus. I got his Yeah, no doubt, man. No doubt. I'm, hey, uh, man. Can't wait to talk to you again on Friday here. I'm just looking at some of the sound that just came in from ESPN. <laughs> Paul Feinbaum saying Washington has no chance to beat Michigan. I'll tell you what, man, it's that team. As long as you got a quarterback that can make some plays, will be good. But Michigan looks pretty good, man. They they look pretty good. That's for sure. So we'll talk again on Friday, man. And uh, you'll have homework to give me, or you know what, we can give the the national championship. Who's going to win next Monday? We got a whole couple yeah. of days before we get that, man. In the meantime, thanks so much, sir. Man, enjoy the week, Gus. Hello, somebody. Happy New Year, baby. Happy New oh, Year Gus, to you as well. Yeah, go ahead. I got a new single out with Keep the Shuffle. My love is on Apple Music. I forgot to tell you. Check it out, man. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, hey, Keep the Shuffle. You know what? Let's play, 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 we'll, we'll play it on Friday. Hello, somebody. All right, news, baby. Enjoy the week. Sounds good. There he goes. Marlon favorite. Leo Haggerty next to uh, explain what happened in Tampa for both sides. The Bucks. What he saw with the Saints up front in person. It's the Sports Hangover in ESPN New Orleans. At Lowe's, save big every day when you buy in bulk. Save 15% on select Sanctuary by Green Fiber blown-in insulation when you buy 30 or more. Plus, get an extra 5% off every day on eligible purchases when you use your Lowe's business credit card. Lowe's knows savings. Lowe's knows pros. Selection varies by location. While supplies last, discount taken in time of purchase. See sales associate for details. 5% off or subject to credit approval. Exclusions and terms apply. See store Lowe's.com slash credit for details. Our most important asset is our people. You know, we have a huge focus on continual training, and that's where the grant really, really kicks in. You know, each year the grant helps us train about 400 employees. Uh, Our motto is we build better. 
A lot of people want advancement. Uh, they want to be a part of the company. If you want to go and obtain training and, and do better for yourself and your family, I mean, we'll provide you those resources. We feel that they appreciate it and they stick around for that. They stick around for those opportunities. For more information, go to laworks.net. Sponsored by the Louisiana Workforce Commission. This is Greeny with Mike Greenberg. The players, they are not playing like Steelers. The nonsense we're seeing from Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, that's not what that organization stands for. Chuck Daly, I think, is the first one I ever heard say this, the legendary NBA coach, who once said, after about 10 years, they just stop listening to you. Now, there's enormous turnover in NFL players. There are no players left on his roster who were on that team when he got there. But is it at some point not as much a statement about him not as much a statement about his coaching acumen, not as much a statement about anything as it is. There's just a time for everything, and it would be in everyone's best interest if he wound up somewhere else. Because, yes, I believe he would be someone else's head coach immediately. I think he is an excellent football coach. Someone has to take the fall for that offense. He hung on to Matt Canada forever. Like, that offense is archaic. And at the end of the day, when you're the head coach, the buck stops with you. Greeny with Mike Greenberg. Weekday mornings at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can watch and listen on the ESPN app. He's back. He's like the thing that wouldn't shut up. He's got his own catchphrase. He's the best invention since they started frosting Pop-Tarts. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. This list of the best coaches in any American sport that I've followed in my lifetime, and he is right near or at the top of that list. So for him to have a game of the magnitude of last night and his team to look as awful as they did shocks me. They should have lost that game by 50. They did everything you could do to lose a game and somehow had the lead late. Because Michigan made even more ridiculous mistakes. But candidly, that's exactly what I expect from them. It is not what I expect from Saban in Alabama. Leo Haggerty normally joins us just on Fridays, but it's too big a week. I need to have him on here as well. Based out of Tampa, covers the Yuccaneers, Falcons and the Saints, and the Panthers in the NFC South, but also loves him some college football. Dude, how good. First off, Happy New Year to you, man. Happy New Year to you, Gus. Uh, Hopefully 2024 is... uh... A lot better than 2023. Hey, you made it to 2024, so it is better. <laughs> right? Absolutely. It is. <laughs> and, and trust me, the, the, the Vegas line was questionable on me. No, I hear you, man. Congratulations on taking care of cancer and kicking it to last year, sir, and making sure that you're here to tell us about how good the semifinal games were last night. But what do you make of Mike Greenberg there? Do you think Nick Saban got out coached? No, he got out athlete. Yep, I agree. Again. Yep. And again, Alabama isn't that good. We saw them here against South Florida, and they struggled. We saw them against Auburn. They struggled. This was not one of the four best teams. But I preached this from day one, and I had some idiot, and I got to call him an idiot. He comes out and says, well, it's not who earned it. It's who deserves it. I said, wait, wait a second. What's the difference? And again, they had the wrong team in there. You know. Florida State earned the right to get beat. Just, they should have been there. And they, all their guys would have played. And what you told those other guys was they were terrible. And how about that offense for for Alabama? Man, oh, man, it was a sack center for Michigan. They had six of them. And the last play just epitomizes Alabama's trouble this year. They couldn't move the football. Yeah. They, they couldn't move it on offense. That, that was a huge problem. And and you know what, Gus? 
The bigger problem was Michigan ran it down their throats when they needed to in overtime. They just said, hey, here we come. Let's see if you can stop us. And they couldn't. Alabama, for years, Leo, has kind of had the market on offensive and defensive linemen, right? I mean, I kept saying it. I, it's not that I didn't buy Mac Jones. Well, that year they won a national championship, that guy literally had a pachyderm in front of him. I mean, he had beasts at the offensive line. There were always, there's just grass, green shades everywhere when he threw the football and three wide receivers that went in the top 15, you know, in the NFL draft, a running back that was number one, all of that. That wasn't this team this year. So I would counter that argument from Greenberg saying, I don't think he got out coached. I think he did his best job coaching to get that team even in that game. But you saw in both games, the other three quarterbacks, and this is not just, you know, um, picking on the Bama quarterback, but the other quarterbacks look more experienced, right? And they were, from Ewers to Penix to, obviously, J.J. McCarthy, and you saw that difference. In those games like that, you have to have a quarterback that's been there, done that, can make those plays, calm, cool, collective, read defenses, check teams in and out of huddle, change formations, um, and more importantly, protections. And I think that was... When I look at those games, that that was Bama's biggest thing too. You, as you said, uh, out athleted, they they had the weakest quarterback uh, of the of the three quarterbacks, other quarterbacks that played. Oh, absolutely, Gus. And uh, I'll tell you what, look at what happened to Alabama on third down. They were three of thirteen, and they were oh one on fourth down. Again, when's the last time you saw an Alabama team even have thirteen third downs? I mean, they just. They, they flat out got out athletes. They got outperformed at quarterback, as you brought out. And those other three guys were much better. And, and Penix and Ewers were, were head and shoulders above the other two. I mean, Michael Penix, that throw he made uh, to McNamara that split the safeties, that's not supposed to happen because you're not supposed to be able to throw that thing that hard, that fast, 30 yards down the field. Hey, that was, that was, a, that was a missile. And, yeah, the game hasn't passed Nick Saban by. You're exactly right. We just don't know how good his quarterbacks are because they're normally playing in front of the best offensive line, throwing to the best wide receivers, and handing out to the best running backs, and having a defense that stops people. Yeah, we just don't know. And I think the the thing that's really going to stand out more than anything else Leo is moving forward with the transfer portal, with coaches going here and there and all that other stuff. How is it going to change the dynamic of where um, the 12-team playoff and stuff is going to change, right? Because obviously you're not going to have the opt-outs by 12 teams. 12 teams are not going to have anybody opt-out because of the playoff being there. So I wonder if the December... You know, deadline goes away. Do we just go back to February as you were? Some things will, will change here moving forward. But I look, I, I thought both games are good. Everyone is saying that Michigan has no shot. I mean, um, Washington has no shot of being Michigan. I think oh, they got a shot. Yeah. Oh, wrong again. <laughs> wrong again. I'll tell you what. And to coin Lee Corso, uh, not so fast, my friend. Mm-hmm. Washington's going to score points. You're not going to keep them off the scoreboard. They're going to put up something in the 30s. Now, the question is, can Michigan get there? Because i tell you what, they better find a way to get to Michael Penning. Because if you let him sit back there, just think about what he did yesterday. This is phenomenal for what he did. He only had nine incompletions. Yeah. He was, you know, he was 29-38, 430 yards, two touchdowns. 
and I'll tell you what, he, he was phenomenal back there. He just back, sat back there and picked them off. So you know what? Don't count Washington out of this game. In fact, I, right now I'm, I'm leaning toward the Huskies to win the football game, and that doesn't sit right because, you know, my son-in-law is a Michigan grad. <laughs> Uh-oh. Don't tell him. Yeah. Um, yeah. You and I cover sports, and we always – there's always that, that stuff that, that your gut kind of tells you that you can't put a finger on. It's not going to be in a box scoring thing. But we've all covered games where you could see, hey, get it. It's easy to gear up, salivate, work your whatever, because you're facing Bama if you're Michigan, right? We all saw the look in the room when it was announced that Bama went in. Like there were no celebrating in Michigan. They're like, man, we got to play Bama, right? I mean, you could, you could see it. And from the other aspect of what you just said, if you're Washington, Hey, they walked into that game. You heard the coach say, they keep saying we're not physical, as physical as Texas. They went in with a chip on their shoulder. So I think on Monday, you're going to see a team that has something to prove, and you just wonder, natural order of things and the way sports works, can Michigan get back up to play again that well and that hard for a team that they probably think they can win, but just... It's it's hard to to go back to back, right? I mean, even here locally, when LSU plays Bama, if they win that next week game, it's always tough. It's just it's a human nature things, and and that's what I wonder. For Michigan, you had to win it late. You face Saban and Bama and the eyes and all that. Now you've kind of you know you're yucking it up. It just the championship's yours. And if you're Washington, you're like, what time do we play? You know what I mean? That's that's how I'm viewing it. Yeah, in fact, with Michigan, it was like. Okay, can we get there? With Washington, it's like business as usual. We expected yeah. to get there. You know, I, I think they got the longest winning streak right now going. They just put it together. And, and, and I'll and tell you what. I was gonna, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say the other thing because I, I, I want to get to the Bucks here. We're about to run out of time because I'm going way too long on college football. But it was so good. I mean, the thing that, that, that gets me is um, when you look at the fact that the, the, the time – to study and get ready for your opponent, it's much shorter, right? And and let's not forget Washington and Michigan. You got to go back to your home school, and, and what they probably leave Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I mean, I you got to get the, you know, the Houston probably about a weekend, huh? So I, I that's what I wonder too. I mean, Michigan had a long time to get ready for Alabama, use a lot of motion, do those different things. You got less than a week to get ready for Washington when you add the travel. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it. I guarantee you, those coaches probably went back and 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 burned the midnight oil last night just to start looking at film. Yeah, and and again, I think they'll they'll both show up either Thursday or Friday, so their kids can get acclimated to what's going on in Houston in terms of okay, let's get our sleep back. You know, let's get let's get back on track because funny thing, Gus, for both of them, it's a different time zone. Yeah, Michigan's Eastern. Washington's Western, so it's going to be a change for both of them. So they're going to have to get there. But I'll tell you what, that's the biggest thing is these teams are going to be salivating come Monday night. I mean, well, it's just, it's, you know, Michigan, it's been us against the world, everything with the Harbaugh stuff going on. Oh, I can't Washington, wait, sir. Um, yeah, I want to get yeah. to the Bucks. What, what, what happened? That I, I think oh. I saw what I thought Tampa was going to be in the second half. Why, why were they not kind of ready in that first half? You know what, Gus? I, I preached this to you, and I said, if Kamara gets 25 touches, they win the game. And look what happened. He was on the road to get there till he got hurt. But 
The Saints ran the ball 35 times for 108 yards. They were 8 of 18 on third down. The Bucks were 2 of 8. And again, two huge turnovers. The one where Moore is going to score a touchdown if he doesn't fall down and fumble uh, with the ground. And when the White drops it inside the 20, that's 14 points. All of a sudden, it's a different ball game. But I'll tell you what. The Saints did exactly what they needed to do. They needed to keep the Bucks offense off the field, and they needed to pressure Baker Mayfield. And I tell you, Breeze had a heck of a game. He, he may have had the best game that he's had as a Saints defensive lineman because he spent a lot of time in the Buccaneers' backfield. So, yeah, I, I tell you what, Gus, we said it was going to be a 9-8 and eight season, and it's going to come down to that. Somebody's going to have to be 9-8. and eight. The Saints are going to play the Falcons. The Bucks are going to play. Now, can you imagine if Atlanta wins and the Bucks lose? We got 3-8-9. and eight and nine. That would be crazy, wouldn't it? I, what do you think happens, Sonny? I, I legitimately don't know. I and mean, obviously when we talk on Friday, we'll, we'll know injury reports. We'll, we'll know things of that nature. But I mean, can Carolina beat Tampa? Yep, they can. Cause I it's think true. Andy Dalton, you think Andy, cause I think the thing is this, Andy Dalton may play, right? If Bryce Young is hurt. Right. Right. And again, you're looking at no film on a guy you've had. He may have one game. So yeah, Carolina can win because now the Bucks are heading north. You know, it, it could be a weather issue. It's going to be an interesting situation because, hey, everybody's banged up this time of year. It, it's just that type of thing. Week 18, you played 16 games. Anything's possible in the NFL. Carolina can do that because if the Bucks come out like they did against the Saints the first half, they could be looking up. They could be in the south end of the scoreboard, and you don't want to be doing that in a game you have to win. Yeah, very true. Leo Haggerty, as always, appreciate the time, sir. Thank you so much. I will talk to you Friday, Gus. Have a great week. Ah, sounds good. Appreciate it. Quick break. Another Tigers decided to enter the draft for going the final year of eligibility. He's on a defensive side. He actually played well yesterday. We'll talk about it next on ESPN New Orleans. While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with the all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper or if it's just you for your daily commute, the confident and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and cut off the back road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. Welcome to No Wake Outfitters, located in Metairie, just east of Causeway Boulevard. Your one-stop fly shop, kayak, and sportsman outfitters. You can check out our new kayak demos and our new pool and sea casting demonstrations. We have a new selection of functional and comfortable apparel from your favorite brands for the cooler weather. And our dedicated staff is here and ready to provide you with the knowledge to make an informed purchase. Come on in to check out some of our exclusive brands, such as Rugged Road, Turtle Box, Orvis, New Canoe, Old Town, and oh yeah, New Canoe 2022 kayaks are now 20% off. No Wake Outfitters, 1926 Airline Drive in Metairie. If you suffer from neck or back pain, get relief from the experts at Thibodeau Regional Spine Center. We'll start with an evaluation and develop a treatment plan just for you. 
We offer non-surgical treatment options and, if needed, minimally invasive surgery, which can mean a quicker recovery. Get relief from neck and back pain and get back to work and play with Thibodeau Regional Spine Center. Call 985-493-4501. 493-4501. Coastal Broadcasting is committed to bringing the best in Bayou Region high school basketball action this season. It's our game of the week, and it'll feature the best teams in our area and the biggest games in the year for both boys and girls basketball. Listen to all the action from around the region and on the road to the playoffs in the top 28. If you want to join our sponsorship team, give us a call at 798-7792. Help us shine light on the work of our student-athletes. It's the Coastal Broadcasting Game of the Week throughout the season on ESPN 100.3. That man's got some stones. Believe me, he is no wuss. His legend lives on. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back. It's the Sports Hangover final segment. It is Tuesday. Maybe now that the new year is underway, Professor Nick Harrison. It'll feel like, no, I don't know what day of the week it is. You had all of the holidays and all that. I, I don't know. There's games here. There's games there. I, I do like games and sports all day, every day. <laughs> That's fine. But, whoa, baby. Got a lot to get into. I think bad, man. man. It's just everything's running in. The, every, every day is running into each other. Yeah. I, I, to, I didn't get a chance to um to get your take on it here because we're focusing on football here, but what about the Pels win against the Lakers, man? What do you, what do you see in 2024 here? I said on Friday to me, my theme's gonna be, at what point can I start to call them contenders? Right now, I think they're competitors. They can compete every game. Gotta show me that you're a, you know, legit title contender or can contend for at least a shot at the Western Conference title, right? I mean, you can play them well. You look at the games moving forward this week. Minnesota tomorrow, Denver is in that five-game homestand. You play Dallas twice. The Clippers are here at home on Friday. Those are three. Those are teams above you right now um, in the Western Conference standings. So you're five and a half out of first. So you're in that, but you're six. You're this is where I need you to be, right? Justling one to six. What, uh-huh. what do you want to see? January, February, March, April for the Bells to end the regular season. What do you want to see? The great Ric Flair said to be the man, you got to beat the man. So if you're the Pels, you got to beat the teams that are the man. You got to beat your, your Lakers, like they did, but you got to beat, uh, Minnesota as well. They've beaten Minnesota already this season. Mm-hmm. Consistency against Denver, definitely the defending champs. You got to beat teams that are contenders to be considered a contender. You got to beat some of the bigger teams, the better teams. Can't just be the bull of the pool. Got to beat some of the top tier teams and start moving up in those ranks. I told you before the season started that I thought that they were a playoff team, not a play-in team. So six are better. I agree. That's where they are. For them to really be considered contenders, they got to start moving up from six to five, from five to four, four to three. Yeah, look, like really make yourself a threat. The the Brooklyn game tonight, seven o'clock, and then tomorrow in a back-to-back against Minnesota. That's tough, but you know the T Wolves right now are the top. The Western Conference by a game and a half over OKC. And the Nuggets are in third, one and a half back. Clippers four back. Kings four and a half back. Again, you play the Clippers Friday here. And then you play Sacramento Sunday, 5 p.m. So after we watch the Saints and Falcons, 5 o'clock, two hours after the final whistle blows with the Saints and Falcons, Pelicans will take on the Kings. That's a huge game because obviously the Kings haven't forgotten that the Pels beat them right before, you know, going into 
the mm-hmm. uh, the play-in tournament have kind of had their number this year. So that's a big one. And then the team right below you by a half game, Dallas, you faced them twice in that five-game road trip. So I, I think just starting the year off, man, you're these are all big games. You're starting to get that sense and feel. It's going to be crowded. It's separated by a game or two. But it's it's a very real possibility where Larry Nance told us way back on media day, this team's goal is to host a first-round playoff match. That means you got to be one through four. Exactly. And right now you're looking at teams like uh, Oklahoma City, like you just mentioned, as contemporaries. Oklahoma City, uh, Minnesota, uh, uh, Memphis, these are the teams that you're like being compared to as far as youth and who you have on the court. So what you want to do is make sure that you are separating yourself from that pack as a contender and as a team to really be taken seriously. And the first step is to get inside the top four, but then the next step is to make sure that you have winning records against these teams. So when they play against a, a Sacramento again, when they play against the Denver, when they play against OKC, right. you want to make sure that those wins stand out because you want those quality wins to show people, okay, we can beat these teams that are great, that are contenders, the Clippers. We can beat these teams that are contenders. We can beat these teams that are right there at the top of the Western Conference. We are a team to be taken seriously. Yeah, no doubt. I, I, like I said, I, I am. I'm interested to see where they go. I, I'll say this. It, it, it helps kind of where you're like, hey, they got the oppor- they, they got the talent to do it. Just got to go out there and do it. A little different than, I guess, other teams uh, in the past. So, I don't know. We'll see, man. Tomorrow, you get back to work. Our homework that we'll give everybody, we'll talk about it tomorrow. As we got about 30 seconds here, Nick. What What is the storyline of storylines tomorrow when the Saints go back to work? Gosh, the storyline of storylines story is. Storylines of storylines. <laughs> Can you actually be consistent? Consistency. Like, is don't story. leap the bed on Sunday. Pretty much. Pretty <laughs> much. Can you can be? I, I can tell you my open tomorrow. It's literally you better show up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you show up and it looks bad on Sunday, because <laughs> mm-hmm. we already know nothing's happening of major note. You know what I mean? Right. It's, Nobody's it's, going anywhere. No, so. nobody. Yeah. It can happen, man. By the way, you can go ahead and start working on Monday's show. Go ahead. The, the Welcome Back Kata theme, you know, uh, yeah, just whatever. We'll do the Titanic song in case somebody <laughs> does go. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll have a lot of fun next week. Working on the playlist now. <laughs> the playlist. Buddy, right there, I love that. Nick, thanks again, man, for your help today, sir. Appreciate it. We'll talk no again problem, tomorrow. Man. Happy New Year. Yep, for sure. Happy New Year to you as well. Buddy, thank you. Matt Muscone, and after further review, we'll come back after this. It's a sports hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Oh, 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 oh